Hello, I'm Piney Gear, and you're listening to Loud Women on Louder Than War Radio. And today, the session is being engineered and produced by the wonderful Paul Salsby at Salsby Synth. Hi, Paul. Hello. How you doing? Very well. Very well, thank you. Good. Um, so thanks for stepping in to produce the show this week. No problem at all. You've always been a little bit techy, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. It was my, my job a very long time ago to there do the go. audio engineering. Didn't you work with some girl bands and stuff yeah we did a tonic kitten single was one of the which one uh ladies night nice so all the synthesizer effects that link all the bridges and verses yeah that that were programmed by me and (laughs) now you have your own synth company yes Salsby synths that's right yes yeah and tell us a little bit about how that works because they don't come with a keyboard like how some people well, the, think of a synth. The next one will have a they keyboard. They will? Yeah. The, the, but the first one was a MIDI module, so you would use it with an external keyboard. That's cool. And uh, you plug it into your laptop or whatever. And Oh, yeah. Just it's a standard MIDI sense that, that you can record into just, you know, it's just a sta- standard MIDI synth, basically. Mm-hmm. And you did like a special module for it with Lemon Grab from... Um, oh yes yeah show. yeah so the thing that makes it a little bit different is you can change the software <laughs> mm-hmm. so we um so the original software is like a chip tune um uh, software for doing kind of bleeps and bloops mm-hmm. and we've done various other ones like a drum machine software and this all goes cool. on on the one synth mm. uh and we did an analog modeling one for sort of more analogy synth sounds but right. still very 8-bit but then yeah it's a little it was like a april fool's day uh-huh. thing I did one where it was just the lemon lemon grab unacceptable sound, <laughs> <laughs> and then you can monkey around with the with with the, that that sound and sort of loop it and distort it in different ways. Turned out to be surprisingly popular though, even yeah. though it was like a joke sound. Well, everyone loves Adventure Time, right? Yes. So. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I was I think I was peak into Adventure Time at that, yeah. that point. So yeah. Amazing. Well, thanks for stepping in. Paul is our honorary loud woman today, and on with the show. I am. I'm a very stylish girl. This month's show is um, focused around beauty, and it was inspired by the Welcome Collection. They've got a free exhibition on in London at the moment called The Cult of Beauty, and it's so good. I strongly recommend you you go check it out. It's free. If if you don't live in London, it's very near Euston Station, um, easy to get to, and it's just a really beautiful and challenging and and clever way to spend an afternoon i feel like my brain was was changed by the end of the exhibition so um there'll be songs about beauty there'll be quotes and uh inspirations from the exhibition and uh whether you can make it to london to see the exhibition or not i think you could um just get some joy from exploring this topic with me. So, here we go. How do I look? How do I look? 
existed in every culture and every era and of course these um, our perception of beauty changes over time or in different parts of the world beauty is seen differently and I wonder if you can think about what what beauty means to you when you look in the mirror do you see something beautiful because frankly if you're a loud woman you are beautiful but that can be really challenging to look in the mirror and like what you see. I think sometimes we're programmed to pick ourselves apart or sometimes pick others apart and it's not healthy for your spirit. And I think what really struck me about walking around the show was that um, these issues have been with us for just decades and centuries like looking at the bust of Nefertiti and how beautiful she was and she was celebrated for her beauty and frankly she looks exactly like a great beauty looks today you know she could be on the cover of a magazine right now she's stunning and um and celebrated and there were women who used alchemy to try to create potions for beauty and elixirs and sometimes to their own detriment like one woman drank something with loads of gold and metal in the water because she thought that was going to make her beautiful but it just killed her you know and what what lengths will we go to to be beautiful I think it's um it's a challenging and complicated topic so to celebrate the alchemy, here's Alchemy Hand. Could you walk across the ocean? Would we make it to the show?
enjoyed it. I've always been fascinated by the um, kind of magical side of femininity and how far back that magic goes. It goes deep. And I think it's really cool how even back in like Greek times in, you know, zero AD, there was um, representation of not just women, not just men, but um, people who are theys and thems. And I know um, that term is sort of relatively recent, but we've been celebrating Hermaphroditus, who was from Greek mythology for actual centuries. So being a they or a them is not really all that new. It's just got a new label. And I'm glad that it's becoming more normal. Like, who cares what your pronouns are? Just be yourself. Be your awesome, beautiful self. So I'm going to play a song now by Kay Tempest because they have been very brave and gone through the she, her 
pronoun to the they them pronoun very much in the public eye and I think what they do is just amazing poetry and rhyme so here goes get to sleep i've been sleeping for weeks now can't open up can't stop myself speaking the heat's on this freezing keep shouting meaning might creep out and give us all something to reach out and breathe in salty remarks and well seasoned vets in the game whose inflections all change for no reason correcting my pronouns is they them or he him also works when it burns bright oh. A lover like me learns to be a fighter when it gets darker A fighter like me learns to love harder when it burns brighter A lover like me learns to be a fighter when it gets darker A fighter like me learns to love harder the family values these strangers uphold are melting under the heat of my presence Sat in the hotel buffet, gold Shining so bright these poor folks can't eat their breakfast Like what is that? Is that a never could place me, never could break me If my existence threatens your safety You need a little sweetness in your bowl Sugar, you're too savoury When it burns brighter a lover like me learns to be a fighter when it gets darker A fighter like me learns to love harder when it burns brighter A lover like me learns to be a fighter when it gets darker A fighter like me learns to love harder Perhaps We Are All Fictions in the Eye of the Beholder is the title of a painting by Zhu Yang. Um, it's very striking, beautiful, trans person with gorgeous pink hair and a kind of Marie Antoinette style gown. And the artist is painting a picture of themselves in the picture, but they're looking right at you. And it's kind of a weird perception that they're looking at you and painting themselves. I, I think Zhu Yang is pretty brilliant. I be your mirror, reflect what you are, in case you don't know. I be the wind, the rain and the sunset, the light on your door, to show that you're home. When you think the night has in your mind, that inside you twist. And unkind Let me stand to show That you are blind Please put down your hands Cause I see you Don't 
into your darkness So you won't be afraid When you think the night tests in your mind That inside you're twisted and unkind Let me stand to show that you are blind Please put down your hands Cause I see you
I was really excited to see a little cameo from Le Gâteau Chocolat in the Permissible Beauty film. Um, Le Gâteau Chocolat is stunning, glamorous, amazing opera singer who really has always played with gender. Um, I'm I'm not sure of of their pronoun, but. Um, there's beauty, there's glamour, it's there's it's like Diana Ross with a beard. I don't know what else to say, um, but with a beautiful, rich baritone voice. So I'm going to play you Legato Chocolat's version of Sinead O'Connor's Nothing Compares to You. It's been seven hours and fifteen days since you took your I go out every night and sleep all day since you took your love away. Since you've been gone, I can do whatever I want.
last but not least in the Cult of Beauty rundown um, from the Welcome Collection is Narcissister, who did this incredible installation that's like a whirlwind of their dead mother's possessions. And they're all beautiful trinkets and red dresses and family photos and all sorts of things you might collect. Some things seem like they would be valuable and some things might only be valuable to the beholder. But it's very cool to see them all displayed in this sort of tornado spiral is the only way I know how to describe it. It's like a cloud and it all it all comes down to this single pair of very pointy stiletto shoes. And um, I spent quite a long time with Charlie Stone looking at that exhibition. We took a little seat on a bench and just had a good long look at it. And um, it's a perfect way to end a show like that. And I'm um, going to let you have a little word from Charlie Stone now. She's, she's done a little breakdown of the Cult of Beauty just for you. One of the things that really interested me about this exhibition was thinking about how, as technology has developed, we've become more aware of our appearances, um, you know, from the very first mirrors, which were just burnished bronze, I think it was, and didn't really give a very clear image. And then you get the first actual mirrors, but of course they're luxury items that only only um, the very wealthy can afford. And then... And then, you know, these days with compact mirrors and and mobile phones being so ubiquitous, we're just constantly aware of how we look. And, of course, with phones and so on, we can also change how we look and alter the image that comes out and make it fit better to how we want to be seen, how we'd like to be seen. And I was thinking about how this relates to music as well and how we've recorded music we have been able to to properly hear ourselves for the first time. You know, for years people played music, but you would never hear what your voice was like um, or, or anything you were playing from the, from the perspective of an audience. It was just from you as the player or the singer, how, how that sounded to you. And now we can sort of step outside and hear it and refine it and embellish it and um, yeah, I was thinking about all this stuff because I've just been mastering my album, which is coming out in May. And that's uh, it's called Here Comes the Actual Band. But yeah, much as much as I like creating recorded music, and you know all the options you have then to really refine and and sculpt what you're making and and hear how it is to the audience. I just love the raw energy of live gigs and of the kind of mild peril that exists when you're on a stage and you're going to do something, you get one chance at it and the audience are going to hear something completely unique. And I've tried to really embrace that. I've got a a rule that every single gig I do, there will be one song that I've not played live before. Whether that's a, a cover or something old or something brand new. And um, I've got a few gigs coming up. Speaking of that, I'm I'm playing a solo gig in Canterbury on the uh, 9th of February, supporting Abdu Japarov at the Penny Theatre. And then I've got another solo gig on the 22nd of February, this time in Bristol at the Thunderbolt. 
And then I'm playing some gigs with my actual band, some festival gigs, one on Saturday the 9th of March in High Wycombe at this Speakeasy Festival, which is being held at uh, Buck Student Union. That's going to be a brilliant day. There are there are loads of bands, all of which are female-fronted. That's the theme for this one. So there's people like Arcs and Fräulein playing and Desperate Journalist, who I also play with. And, um, and yeah, me and my actual band. And then we are also playing on Friday, the 29th of March. That's a uh, good Friday, bank holiday, at the Cavendish Arms for their uh, indie pop weekender. And on the same bill as us that day, we've got Gemma Freeman and the Cosmic Something and Nervous Twitch. So I'm really excited about that. Anyway, that was a bit of a digression from from the... Um, exhibition but that's why i love going to exhibitions you kind of see loads of different stuff have loads of different ideas and it sparks you off on on other other thoughts this is a song about free food it's called it's called free food
Who Doesn't Love a Bit of Free Food by Charlie Stone. Go check out one of her forthcoming gigs. I know she listed a bunch at the end of her blurb there. If you didn't catch them and you didn't write them down, follow her at charliestone.bandcamp.com. She's got all her gigs listed there. Charlie spelled C-H-A-R-L-E-Y stone.bandcamp.com. So yeah, go check her out. Next up is Loud Women's founding mother, Cassie Fox, with the Loud Women gig guide, followed by a few tracks from bands who are playing the forthcoming Loud Women gigs. Hello there, this is Cassie Fox. I'm just dropping in to let you know about some gigs that are coming up. Um, this month, February, um, we've got three gigs actually, three Loud Women gigs, um, up and down, um, kind of almost the length and breadth of the UK. Um, well, at least there's, there's more gigs than just in London. So, um, so that's good. That's progress. We're, we're always keen to kind of expand our reach beyond, um, beyond the Hope and Anchor. So, um, so really excited that, on the 7th of February at EBGB's up in Liverpool, um, or down in Liverpool, depending on depending on your perspective, um, we're co-hosting a gig um, at EBGB's, which um, I've never been to. It sounds like an incredible venue. Um, and the lineup is Tilly Louise, Make Sure, Ota Brown and Esme Bridie. And I've checked all of them out and they are amazing artists, all new to me. So really looking forward to that night. And hopefully that'll be the the first of of many more in in lovely Liverpool. Um, Then on the 10th of February, Saturday the 10th, um, we're in London at the Hope and Anchor, kind of regular haunt. Um, We've got a really cool lineup and it's on the verge as we speak of of selling out. So um, so fingers crossed, if you want to come along, um, you'll you'll get in in time. Um, Head to our website if if you want to check out the tickets it's loudwomen.org but the lineup for that one is casual wednesday generation feral hex maze pigeon lips and layla tut um so um so yeah it's a it's a five-headed gig on uh, on the 10th of february then the next day we are up in canterbury again or down in canterbury at the lady luck bar um and that's a free entry gig um gigs are always free entry at the lady luck um and that is a rocking lineup of salvation jane small town tigers over from italy jojo and the teeth shallow honey and ode to sleep so another kind of half day um up in up in canterbury well worth a trip um with march is looking amazing as well but i'll i'll tell you about that next month so um so yeah hopefully see you at a gig Kicking ankles, starting fights, ripping holes into my tights. Then my truth starts to come clean. I am not that hard. I'm sick of being lonely, and I'm wishing you would hold me. But I'm not here for your dead reply. Too many things are on my mind. I can't find the time. 
then it was crafted in their image And like smoke, I dance around people And music can never find joy in it until Until I found you Half hopeful, half amused You showed me my truth
still feel like you're 17. Angry. Alone. All those teenage feelings. And maybe it's never gonna make you feel any different. You're never gonna wake up in high school anyway. This is for your health. This is for your health. For your health. You just heard Casual Wednesday, Generation Feral, and Hex Maze. That last track was Hospital Gown by Pigeon Lips, and they'll all be playing the Hope and Anchor for Loud Women on February 10th, along with Lila Tut. If you want to be in the know with all Loud Women gigs around the UK, sign up to the mailing list at loudwomen.org. I love getting the e-zine with all the new music reviews and gig happenings. You can be the first to know. Next up is the fantabulous Jenny Newman. I've known Jenny for a long time, and she's always been super creative. We met and started hanging out back when I was working on my debut album for Truck Records like 20 years ago, and she kindly wrote the Story of Piney Gear audiobook. She also makes beautiful artwork, collages, and graphic design, and to top it all off, she's very friggin' funny. She did a bit of stand-up a few years back, but today, we're going to talk about the book she's writing, and here she is. Welcome, Jenny. Hello. I feel like, um, who is that person? I don't recognize that. That's you. <laughs> um, first of all, stand-up comedy, what a trip. I what, mean, what got you into that? It was a dare, really. A dare you made for yourself? Or did no, no, A no, friend no. dared yeah, you to yeah, do yeah, it? Because yeah. you're funny down the pub, so they were like, go do it on stage? Or I don't know why. I think I was just like, I would never do that. And they were like, come on, you have to now. And... Um, it was. It started with um, at, when I were place I worked. Um, a guy who was organising like a comedy show for charity, uh-huh. and so I didn't. I didn't really feel like I could say no to yeah. that. And I did it, and uh, yeah, it seemed to go down well. And actually, it did have a little mention for a uh, um, Rimmel lipstick from the nineties. Excellent. Yeah. So this, if you've been listening all along, uh, loud women, we've been talking about beauty and women's relationships with beauty and not just women actually just people's relationships to beauty. And what do you think? It's quite a complicated question, but what's your relationship with beauty in a nutshell? Um, yeah, I mean, I think about this quite a lot, like probably more than I should. Um, there is no should. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I think also as a queer person, I've always been like, I felt very much like, oh, have I really kind of interrogated like what I want to look like and how I want to present myself and why I do wear makeup? Because I do wear makeup and I do enjoy it. Um, I think that's the key. If you enjoy it, yeah. if it's fun, then do it. Yeah. And if it feels like a chore or you should be, then maybe question that. Yeah, definitely. And it's and it's definitely something that I do for myself. And because I grew up, you know, my mum wouldn't leave the house unless she had a full face of makeup on. So I've always thought, like, oh, is it just something that I've learned that this is how I should be? Yeah. Um, but actually, as I get older, I don't really care if I go out with no makeup on now, but I do like it. And yeah. it makes me feel better. And it's like, 
you know, you can really change what you look like and that's that can be fun. Right. Yeah, you can play yeah. and make your face look different. Yeah, totally. And, and suit whatever mood you're in. Yeah, or, I mean, yeah. I wish I had the skills of, like, a drag queen to do proper contouring and stuff like that, mm. but you don't even need that to be able to make a bit of an impact. Totally. Um, like today, it's a weekend. I don't usually wear makeup unless I'm going out-out at the weekend. But I put on my Lady Danger lipstick just to feel a little fancy, you yeah, know. Yeah. And um, you've got a stunning lipstick. I was going to ask what that is. Yes, it's a Lime Crime one. It's kind of purple. I think it's like unicorn in the name. But again, that was, <laughs> that was a gift. Um, and it was not necessarily a shade I was like, oh not one I would go to normally mm -hmm. but I was like yeah why not let's yeah. just do it and it's quite it's quite yeah it's nice. quite fun and you're quite a visual person right so how did you get into visual arts because you've been making really great collages and artwork for the whole time I've known you yeah so I don't have any professional like training in art because I can't draw very well and the school I went to was very much if you can't draw really realistically really perfectly then you're not a creative person and mm -hmm. actually that is not true mm -mm. look um, at david shrigley yeah i mean <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot more to being creative than like being able to draw well and i think uh, you know the the work that i've been doing the last few years has been with a lot of students who are considering going into art and design education and what they should study and part of the reason I was drawn to that is because I wish I had somebody talking to me about that because yeah. everything I've done has been either just for fun and like a hobby like collage is something that I was doing from like really small and my dad always says you know on my first day at school he asked me what it was and I was like it was great we did cutting and sticking yeah and that was it and that was the kind of like thing I've always always wanted to do mm -hmm. um but yeah just just kind of done it through enjoying it and then as I've got older I've done kind of like short courses to kind of learn about typography and and expand knowledge and skills that way yeah and now you're writing a book like a long book yeah right? like a novel length book and oh my gosh yeah so and yeah. how did that did you have like a lightning bolt moment or was it like a challenge you set yourself no it's all happened by accident so actually like I had been like I had a couple of really difficult years for personal reasons like everybody has stuff that goes on in their life and then I was like I'm so sick of thinking about really sad terrible things um I want to write something that's the opposite and that um, sounds really like a nice way to deal with a challenging yeah, situation yeah yeah and it's definitely inspired by like my life experiences so I think it's definitely needed to have some space between like to to have the time to reflect and to think of it but so it's a little bit autobiographical so i would say it's really really going to be in the cup oh. of autofiction you're gonna have to change names and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah some names i'm like oh i mean because you do feature in it i do yeah and I, and I really couldn't think of an alternative name for you that, <laughs> well so i'll take it that's still, fine yeah <laughs> um but yeah that's it's just it's kind of also you know it's set in the past now it is set like about 20 years ago wow and I think um there's there's quite a kind of I mean obviously since I've started writing it a lot more stuff has come out so there's you know I can see the kind of like crest of nostalgia and thinking mm. about all the music and how people were feeling and the kind of like sense of hope and optimism in certain places and then 
and then oh look at where we are now so there's a bit of like there's a bit of wanting to go back to that space Mm -hmm. and kind of occupy that but also to think about okay so why why have things shifted so much this way now and like what like is there something to learn from yeah as well and so um do you think things have shifted for the better? No. 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 Okay, interesting. I th- in some ways, yes. Sure. But I think it's like, you know, I don't want to go... It's it's meant to be a fun... It's meant to be a fun book. Yeah. Um, but I can't help the kind of, like, this sense of, like, political sort of doom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there over, is a lot of political doom about yeah, these days. It's kind yeah. of overshadowing it. Yeah. And just being like, why... Why can't, why do people have to tread on other people's joy so much? Well, yeah, there is that. And they don't have to, is no, the they answer. Don't. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so, because this is set in the past, do you, f- do you have to do a lot of research to be historically accurate? Or um, is it just all in there from all your thoughts? A in lot. Your head? Uh, yeah, no, a lot of it is in there. I've done a lot of kind of like researching to um, corroborate dates and make sure I've got like, the right dates for when things happened um and that's kind of led me down a whole you know wormhole of reliving like various lady fests and nice. um like looking up the i'm like oh my god i missed this from the schedule because i was busy doing something completely different and, yeah um and the music and yeah it's really driven by a lot of the music as well that's cool yeah. and so because writing is quite a solitary thing like you're sat on your own yeah. at your laptop yeah do you feel like that's do you ever feel like it's too solitary? Do you have to kind of I force give, yourself out? Or are you kind of naturally introverted? I Well, I have to say that I have, over the last few years, developed a really strong like writing community uh, uh, that has been so supportive. And, and I've made some incredibly good friends. So I feel like, yes, the act of writing can be solitary, but there is actually a really, really supportive and active writing community. And I definitely want to give a shout out to Write Like a Girl and Kerry Ryan because she has probably, if I hadn't come across that, I probably wouldn't have done half of the stuff that I've done since. And yeah, so I would recommend if anybody's like, unsure about like whether they are a writer or whether they oh they've got something important enough to say I would say definitely look up the write like a girl workshops because it's such a supportive and welcoming space to be in that is so cool so is there like an ETA when you're hoping to get it like totally yeah and out there yeah I've really like I've so in 2022, I was on the London Writers Award and I was actually on the narrative nonfiction stream of that. And so I was doing kind of like a blend of more straightforward memoir and research. So I was doing quite a lot of like research into um, basically like, you know, British queerness versus other like other countries. And that was taking me down like this whole wormhole and I ended up in like reading about Elizabethan times oh wow (laughs) Um, and like more about the church and I was like hang on this is this is getting way too far away Uh also I there were some things where I was like 
actually some of the stuff I want to include I can't if I if I do it in this way so I've actually taken a pause and I'm now rewriting it as a novel that's but cool that, but it will still basically be autofiction it gives you free reign to go a little bit off totally piece yeah with it. and that's I also fun. I think I can rewrite myself as well to nice. be like oh maybe I shouldn't have I mean like I want to I want to document all the terrible decisions because they're funny yeah but I but it's good to find humor in bad decisions yeah, totally. yeah and that's why actually I think having that time is like oh my god that I cringed and I hated that so much but actually that's really funny yeah um, and I'm happy to share that. Yeah. So, but I think also like it's about the self-deprecation as well. Like making it, make making it more fictionalized, kind of reduces that like um, instinct to want to just be really down on myself. Mm-hmm. And it's like actually, if it's fiction, you can twist it to be funnier yeah, or happier. To ha- yeah, funnier, happier, have a bit more perspective. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Yeah. So, so what's it called? Do you know yet? Yeah. So I've got two titles. Okay. Um, the one I'm not sure. So the one, the original one, I like. I'm like, I really like it as a title, but I'm not sure it's gonna fit the fit the story now okay but the one so, but the one that's kind of been like a kind of chapter heading is kind of coming out to me which is like um um not all cheerleaders are like megan broomfield oh. which is a direct reference to but i'm a cheerleader yes i love that film yeah. and of course natasha leon's yeah. like first big yeah. role isn't yeah, it totally uh, amazing yeah um so your book features music quite a bit right yeah definitely um so I've queued up a couple tracks I think you might like. Oh, cool. Um, La Tigra. Yes. Followed by Slater Kenny. Yes. And thank you, Jenny Newman, for coming in today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. Who took the bomb?
like an untidy creature that you can't push around. You built a cage, but your measurements wrong. But I'll find a way, and I'll pick your lock. That was, of course, La Tigra with Decepticon, and followed by Slater Kinney, their brand new single, Untidy Creatures. And um, the rest of the show is going to be a guest mix from Salisbury Synths. Take it away, Paul. And thank you, Loud Women listeners, for tuning in. I've been your host, Piney Gear. Enjoy the synth classics and classics to be.
Oh. 